Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nebbia. It's Ozzy Osbourne right here on your classic metal show from the No More Tears release featuring Zach Wilde on lead uh, guitar. Uh, mm. I can't believe that uh, that album is 30 years old already. <laughs> We're old. We've gotten old fast. Dude, I remember that album coming out and, you know, it had a lot of MTV play when MTV was still doing videos. Sure. And that was the whole retirement tour, the No More no the More tour. Tears tour. And uh, Ozzy did a uh, signing at uh, after the show. at, And this was back when the um, Richfield Coliseum was still standing because mm-hmm. that's where he played his show. And then he went to a Camelot music up in. Um, can't remember the name of the which mall it was, but uh, it was. It was up on uh, the north part of I-271. Was that Chapel Hill? No, 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 no. It was up It was up, up near Mentor. Okay. It so was it's up, just memorable. It could have been. It might have been. Huh. But my, my uh, brother-in-law, who was working at Camelot Music at the time, uh, he was, he was quote-unquote working security. Okay. And Ozzy was doing a meet and greet and CD signing for Camelot music after the show. And, and I went to that thing. Nice. So it was just like, but I'm thinking back, it was just like, man, that seemed like what? 10 years ago. Yeah. That was 30, 30 fucking years ago. Dude. What's crazy is that album is when I met Zach wild for the first time. I met him at the, um, I met him at the bar at the Omni. He was hanging out at the bar at the Omni. Nice. And I saw him there and I broke every rule of the club by going up and talking to him. And Shame I on you. To, I know because you weren't, so, there was kind of a rule that you didn't mess with the rock stars in the Omni because the, the rock guys like to hang out there. But I went right up to him. Nobody was sitting next to him. I sat down next to him and said, hey, you want a beer? He, uh, he quickly took that. <laughs> then we chatted for a few minutes. And, you know, that became like 15 or 20 minutes. And then we ended up staying in touch. And we were in touch for, I haven't talked to him in forever. But, but I mean, it's been a long time since I've talked to him now. But, you know. For a long time there, as you're well aware, we were we were definitely talking to each other quite yeah, a bit. But, yeah. But, Boy, you know he's enough to be famous rock star. <laughs> I'm no longer needed, man. Yeah, pal. Yeah, I think it's just more that he he changed phones and I never got the new phone. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny though. But man, but, I I cannot believe how fast time has just blown by. Do you like that album or not? I, I did. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, actually. I it's pro- actually probably one of my favorite Aussie records. Yeah, I love that album, man. That's that one and No Rest back to back. Those were two great records for me. I love those records, and and I know I'm a Zach Haunt. You know, everybody has their band and their their guy that they're you know that they love. But Zach could do pretty much no wrong for me guitar playing wise. That guy could fucking play guitar. Yeah. I love that. 
Give me a little Mr. Tinker Train. Mr. Tinker Train. I just like that when the, when the riff kicks in. All right, here we go. criticism i have for zach mm-hmm. is that he made that he he overplays that whole squeal the, the pinch harmonic thing yeah, yeah that yeah he it, does it. but but if you listen you, you know what's funny though if you listen to the album that he did without it the um whatever the black vatican record is it's the black label society album mm-hmm. some of the black catacombs of the black vatican if you listen to that, he purposely went out of his way to do a full album without any pinch harmonics in it at all. Worst album of his career. Yeah, well, it needs to be. I don't have a problem with the doing it. It's just yeah. that you can't do it too much. Yeah, he does. I mean, he does it every song. It became his signature. Yeah, and I get that. I get that. That's that's what kind of separates him or makes him identifiable. But mm-hmm. But when you do it too much... Yeah, it, it just becomes repetitious. It does. For some, for me, I love it. I don't care. I love it. I mean, I I, re- I recognize Zach Wiles playing because of that. Sure. But when you do it every other riff, then it's just like, well, you're just kind of repeating yourself too much. <clears throat> and he does. And he he definitely does. I, I'm I'm not even going to argue that point. I just. I don't know. I, there's something about the sound that he makes. Is well, just so- I, and I agree. I mean, that that's what sets him apart as a guitarist. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you can identify an Eddie Van Halen. You can identify a George Lynch. You can identify yeah. a Zach Wild. You know, that that's what that's their identifier. Mm-hmm. And I get that, but you can't do it too many times because sure. then it's just like, oh, well, yeah. We just expect you to do that. Right. And my goodness, our chat room is crazy sometimes. Zach is good, but watch Joe Bonamassa handsome as booty on stage on you, boob. You, boob? No. You, boob. What is that? YouTube. Oh, okay. Uh, get out of here. <laughs> Joe Bonamassa, not in, not in this, not even the same category of a guitar player, for one thing. I've seen Joe Bonamassa play. He's good, but he's not. He's a touch overrated as far as I'm concerned. He's a good blues player, but 
There's a million of those. Well, here's the here's the thing I I, I need to know if you have any answers, mm-hmm. and I don't expect you to have an answer. All right. But there's been rumor, and I've heard this from a few people, not just okay. one or two. I've actually heard this from a few people. Mm-hmm. That Zach, you know, if, if you look, if you look back, way mm-hmm. back in the, you know, the eighties into the early nineties, Zach, you know, had the had the pretty boy guitar image. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then he went into the <clears throat> then he went into the whole biker image mm-hmm. thing with the beard and you know the the, the Chris Aiken look. Yeah, he beefed up. <laughs> and the thing is, is that I have heard from several people that Zach lacks personal hygiene uh, since he's become this whole biker guy. It's like, right. Well, basically, he's he smells. <laughs> Well, I don't have personal knowledge on there. I, I mean, I've obviously hung out with him a bunch of times. I didn't sniff him up or down. I'll put it that way. Um, you know, I never noticed anything when I was hanging out with him. Again, never was like going, hey, come on over here. Let me, take a, <laughs> let me smell the crack of your ass here. Right, right. right. But uh, I've heard that. I've heard that from a few people that that his his personal hygiene has suffered and he sort of has this like dirty biker uh, you know bo smell <laughs> well he looks the part i know he definitely looks the part it would it shock me no no you know i mean he looks the part you know and he does and i do know this much and you could you can look on youtube you don't have to look to me to fucking guide you here if you look on youtube he wears the same gear every day. Yeah. Every gig of a, of a tour, he's wearing the same tour tour gear. So I'm not saying he doesn't get it laundered, but, you know, I know for a fact there's not always a washing machine around. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I find interesting about Ozzy currently mm-hmm. yeah. is that, uh, you know, Zach obviously branched off and has a, you know, solo career. Mm-hmm. Which you know he goes out there and sells shows and as Zach Wild, yeah. but uh, he was away from the Aussie camp for a while, and they brought in Gus G, mm-hmm. who's more, in my opinion, more of a precision type player. Sure, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I've I've spoken with and hung out with Gus G on a few occasions. Very kind of. You know, very humble guy, actually. He's low key. He's very low key. Yeah, very low key, very humble guy. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, Bob Nelbandian introduced me to him. Yeah. And uh, very nice guy, obviously from, I, what, where is he from? Like Sweden? Somewhere or Switzerland, I Switzerland, think. yeah. Nice guy. Very, very just kind of humble, low key, just friendly not flamboyant in any way great guitarist obviously from uh firewind he's from greece by the way oh, okay <clears throat> all right and uh nice guy yeah he's great i yeah. i i've interviewed gus god six seven times at this at this point and uh you know so Zach was away from the Aussie camp for a while. And then, uh, mm-hmm. you know, now he's currently, he is currently back in the Aussie camp, correct? 
I don't know how that's working now because he didn't play on that new album. They had that guy from um, California breed from uh, with Glenn Hughes play guitar. Okay. On on that album and and but but I don't think that guy is like the guitar player. No, he, he's been. He he just sort of did the session work, right? Yeah. I don't know what's going on with Ozzy. I mean, dude, let's be honest. There might never be another Ozzy show between COVID and the fact that Ozzy's all fucked up now with his Parkinson's or whatever. There may never be another Ozzy show. Who knows? There might not even be an Ozzy Osbourne band anymore. True. But, but if Ozzy were to play today, I think it would be Zach. It would be Zach, right? Because I think he, you know, sort of rejoined ranks with Ozzy prior to any COVID yeah. or, or, or physical ailments that Ozzy may be having. Yeah. It's definitely not Gus. I do no, know that. I, and I do know that. That's why I was kind of bringing this up mm-hmm. that, 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 uh, Zach is back in the Ozzy camp. Should Ozzy ever, ever have the opportunity or can tour again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's just kind of yeah, weird. It's just kind of weird that he just sort of, you know, floats in and out of that situation there. He took over the seat as Randy with as Randy Rhodes in, in with Ozzy. He's always welcome. You know, I, I don't think, I don't think Zach and, and Ozzy have, have ever had like a falling out. I think even when he left, I think he just left because he was doing too much music and Ozzy started feeling like the Ozzy music was, was sounding like black label society. And it was that, it was. that, that black rain was a black rain. Yeah. yeah. Black rain or the one after it with, I don't want to stop on it. Scream. Yeah. yeah it just, I wasn't a fan of those records at all. Yeah. Cause it just sounded like a, a Zach wild record with Ozzy singing. That did. It did. It was, it was just getting too repetitious. Mm-hmm. But, oh, I, I agree. Oh, there were some decent songs on there. Like, I'm not I saying like, it was horrible. I'm just saying it just sounded too repetitious. Yeah. I like that song raising hell. Give me a little raising hell. Do you know that song? No, I could pull it up here. I'm raising hell or facing hell. Cause I'm facing hell. All right. Give me a little of that. Let me pull it up here real quick. All right. Ozzy. It was on. I don't remember which one. Here we go. The name of the song is Facing Hell. I got it. Here we go. Okay. that squeal of course <laughs> there's that squeal <laughs> of course but but i do like the fullness of the sound it's just like that that just grinding mm-hmm. you know yeah. punch in the face music yeah but that that squeal it's got to be in there of course
think that's that's one of the better songs he's done in the last, you know, since since um, 91. Yeah, since well, well, it kind of has that kind of crazy train vibe. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's got, yeah, it's, like, a, it's a throwback song, I agree, and, mm-hmm. and I like it. Yeah. One more, since we're just pulling them up at random. Give me I Don't Want to Stop. Okay. Which was easy as fuck, but I love this song. It's so... It's such a gimmick song, but I still love it, and I don't know why. And nobody liked this album, but uh, but I think people like the song. All right, well here we go. seconds it's about eight in there in the first minute of the song <laughs> yeah okay that's my point it's just like you know i get the i get the trademark but man that's a lot of squeals you don't you know who it is yeah he's he built his brand i, I agree he built his band his brand going like this <laughs> exactly <laughs> Probably what I don't like about that song, aside from the overuse of the squeal, mm-hmm. is just that uh, formulaic, uh, what do you want to call Ozzy just kind of barking out the lyrics to this kind of like, do, 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 
do, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. he's, I mean, he, he stopped being creative long ago. Yeah. You know, really, he stopped being creative after No More Tears. I yeah, guess. well, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, Osmosis was was a weak effort. Yeah. Even though I, I liked a, a couple of songs from Osmosis. But, uh, yeah, it certainly wasn't as strong as No More Tears. No. And and yeah. I did and I did go to that Osmosis tour with Corn opening up, or no, it was uh, Deftones opening up. I think it was both. Was it both? I was at that show. I was at that show. Yeah, it was, it was at the. Uh, it was at the. Um, Stunned. Yeah. Yeah, it was both. It was Corn and Deftones. It was a horrible show. It was. It was horrific. I was. I I remember going. Uh, I went with my friend Marty, who I was going, I was going to broadcasting school at the time Mm -hmm. and uh, we went to that show and it was just like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) We were, we were standing on side stage on Zach's side of the stage stage. Yes. What would that be? Right. As you were facing the stage Mm -hmm. and we were standing off like with the girlfriends and whatnot over in the side and some guy Try if you remember that was a high stage. It was like stage. Some guy started climbing up. There was like a ladder, a rope ladder that led down to the floor, and this guy like tried to climb up, and he he got to the top rung of it. It was like a you know the the rope ladder, and he was holding on with one hand, and he was like metal horning <laughs> on the on the top of the rope, and Zach came right over and kicked him right in the face and knocked him off the fucking. <laughs> Boom! It was like, God damn! Down he went. It was fucking hysterical. <laughs> yeah, that was not. That was probably the the worst Ozzy show I think I've ever seen. It was not good. Yeah, because Ozzy sounded terrible, and Corn didn't fit, and Deftones just were miserable. No, it was it was terrible. Yeah, that was a real bad. Only time I've seen Deftones, I think four times, and I've never seen them be good at all ever. But the worst time I can remember seeing Deftones was with Kiss. What a fucking mishmash lineup that was! It was a, it was at one of the reunion shows, and they opened Deftones opened for Kiss. The fuck were they thinking? <laughs> you know, it, it was like, all right, here we go. Deftones, uh, uh, whiner metal, <laughs> right? You know they're they're and they're opening for Kiss, which is all about you know getting laid and whatever. Yeah, it's all kind of happy, upbeat, yeah. fun, fun. And Deftones yeah. is looking at your shoes and dark and, and whining. Like, yeah, just whining about whatever the fuck you're whining about. I'm trying to look it up. Look up. Um. Look up the song. Um. Bored by F-Tones. All right. That's what they opened the show with. A KISS show. They opened with Bored. Uh, 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 I'm bored. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan. I've never been a fan of that style of music at all. I, I don't like the Deftones. I don't get it. Aside from that member of the Deftones recovering from a coma, I think. I have one song I like called Seven Words, and it's really just because they just chant fuck through the song all through it. <laughs> it's like, fuck, fuck, ta- fuck. Yeah, ta- taking a cue from uh, George Carlin, right? 
Yeah, exactly. All right, here we go. thought this was good and and, and to but I, nobody that i know i i mean there are people in the 90s that liked it, i know, know like that the, but but this who thought this would be an adequate opener for the fucking kiss reunion tour listening to that <laughs> terrible terrible it is it's just like i i saw them open for ozzy along with corn and it was just like why am i watching this do you do you think that they just bought onto that kiss tour of course they did you know because if i remember that was like the second album or third album on madonna's label on maverick and, and, you know, it was, it was like them and Candlebox and Madonna were the first three, <laughs> I think. And, you know, so Candlebox had significant success, but I think Deftones, they, they probably had success as well because they had a lot of money behind it with Madonna. Madonna's money fucking put them on that show, I guess. But whew. yeah, I never, I never got the Deft. I, and what's crazy is I've seen them four times. Because never as a headliner, I would never go and see them. But I saw them once, I think, at an Ozfest, and um, I saw them open for Anthrax at the World Series of Metal. That was another fucking pathetic <laughs> attempt. Um, I saw them at that show, and um, with Kiss, and what was the fourth time? Uh, with maybe with like Limp Biscuit or something. I think I saw them as the fourth time, but. Yeah, just ugh, not good. Well, you notice that uh, that music of the '90s, Def or uh, Deftones, Corn. Um, what was the one you just mentioned? Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. 
that none of that had any staying power. Corn did. Did they? Shit, yeah. Corn is still big. Are they? Oh, yeah. Corn is still a big band. All right. I wouldn't know. Corn yeah, is still putting out albums and they still sell well and they still sell, you know, eight, 10,000 seats a, a night. Corn is still corn, corn stuck. Limp Biscuit pro- pretty much stuck too. They just went away for whatever reason. They stopped making music and went away. But every time they come back and play a show or something, it's always sold out. Mm-hmm. What, Deftones? What, <laughs> what is your friend from uh, Cleveland? They sound like corn. That sounds like corn. Yeah. You, you interviewed one of the guys recently. It sounds like corn. Yeah. Oh, um, Cleveland um, band. I'm trying to think of who that would be. I don't know. Anyway, what about them? Well, I'm just trying to think of the band that you, you had the lead singer on the show recently, not here, but you recently and, uh, interviewed uh, the lead singer of one of the bands from Corn. Oh, Donnie Foos? They didn't sound like Corn. For who? From um, Spud Monsters? No. He's from Cleveland. I'm trying to think who who that would be. I don't know. I don't know. It's not not ringing a bell to me. I can't think of. They're, 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 the, the one guy, the one lead singer, he kind of had the whole dreadlocks like. Uh, uh, oh, Mark Hunter from Camara. There you go, Camara. Yeah, they don't sound nothing like corn. Oh, what are you kidding me? They don't sound nothing like corn. <laughs> are you shitting me, dude? All right, let's play the game. Pull up, um, pull up. Got the life by corn. All right, corn got the life. Yep. All right. Give me a little of that. All right, here we go. Ah, stupid commercials. YouTube's figured out a way to get around your uh, commercial blocker now. Oh, the the ad blast? Thing. Yeah. All right, here we go. That's corn. What I find what I find funny is in this video, yeah. they're they're driving the um, the Ferrari that George Lynch is driving in um, 
in um, uh, what's a what's a video for docking? It's it's funny that they're driving fun the the same cars. Yeah, it might be the exact same car from some. <laughs> it, it, it probably is. Okay, so so what else? Right. Play "Dead Inside" by Chimera. That's from their first album, and that was like one of their bigger hits. <clears throat> if they had hits, they didn't really have hits, but. All right. Let's see here. Let's see here. Dead inside, you say? Yeah. All right. Let's see here. What do we got? What do you spell Chimera? C-H-I-M-A-I-R-A. Oh, there we go. All right. Here we go. Let's get summer rolling with the best oh, sale of shit. the year. Best rebate. <laughs> God damn it. God damn you, YouTube! Figure out how you figure out how to get around the ad blocker, pricks. That sounds like corn. They're way more metal. They're more death metal-y than anything. Oh, my God. They got heavier and heavier. I loved it. Yeah. I remember seeing them. I went. I was at some kind of outdoor thing in Cleveland mm-hmm. back in like 90, where I want to say it was like 95. Right. 95, 96, somewhere around there. Okay. And, and Camaro was playing, um, you know, the show. Mm-hmm. And it, I remember, I remember the lead. What, what's the lead singer's name? Mark, Mark Hunter. Yeah. He had the whole, uh, dreadlock thing going on or the, the, mm-hmm. the braid thing. <laughs> I was just right. like, who the fuck is this guy? Mm-hmm. And I, I remember just watching maybe two songs and I was just like, okay, I'm done with this. Yeah. That, that's not your music at all. I was just like, I'm done with this. I'm out of here. Dude, one of the best pranks we ever pulled involved Mark. Um, Matt and I, when we were doing the metal show, we um, we 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 uh, we knew those guys real good, the Camara guys, especially Mark and the bass player Jim. We we knew those guys especially well. So we we talked Mark into doing um, a prank on Jim, <clears throat> and what we did was. We told, I I recorded separately, like I had interviewed Mark and I got Mark saying, well, we're going to get rid of Jim because he's fat and he looks terrible on stage and he's not a very good bass player and whatever. So then the, the gimmick was 
that I called Jim. I emailed Jim from a, a you know, you know me, Mr. Tech. I set up a BaltimoreSun.net, just an email address so that I could email him from the Baltimore Sun. All right. I told him that we were doing a, a story on um, bass players, and I wanted to see if we could set up an interview with him to talk about his bass playing. And, of course, Jim said yes, so he set up a time and everything. And I recorded it up, and I did, like, a whole interview about, well, what's your technique and what kind of pickups do you, you know, all this bullshit, right? Yeah, strickle, strickle pedals and shit. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So then I get to the near the end, and I say, well, what are you doing now that you've been kicked out of Chimera? And he goes, what do you mean I've been kicked out of Chimera? And I was like, well, I interviewed Mark, and he said that, that you were being taken out of the band. And he was like, what, what are you fucking talking about? And I was like, well, dude, I got the tape right here. And I played him this tape of, um, of Mark saying, yeah, Jim's fat and he's, he's, he's not good on stage and he, he's lazy. And you know, all this shit. I played him the tape over the phone and he just got fucking pissed. And he was like, he's like, I think, I think you're just trying to fuck with me, but this interview's over. And he hung up on me <laughs> and then, but then we had it all set up. So we knew his first call would be to Mark. Right. And we had, and we had Mark's phone set up to record as well. So then we recorded him ripping Mark's head off about, about this. And then, and then I guess Mark told him like a day or two later, he didn't even tell him right away that it was a joke. He let him sit with it for a day. <laughs> thinking he was getting kicked out of the band. Wow. It was fantastic. It was one of the better pranks ever. And then we played it, of course, on the metal show. We had them all in and we played it on the show and it was a huge hit. Of course. Yes. Look at look at us playing a prank on you guys. Yeah, pal. <laughs> I was Chris from the Baltimore Sun. Right. So 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 what is Chimera doing today? Are they still are they t- back together? Are they playing or not playing? What are they doing? They're not playing. They're um um one of the guys is in 6 feet under. Um Rob Rob, the guitar player, just makes videos about, you know, guitar technique and shit like that. And, and he works a regular gig. Mark works a regular gig as a photographer. Um, Andal's the drummer, had some kind of weird disease where he can't play drums anymore. And um, I'm trying to think. I don't know what Spakuza's doing. I really didn't know him that well. So, but no, they're definitely, there was talk last year about having a reunion and reunion music and stuff. But when, when Matt and I talked to Rob and Mark about, um, for aftershocks or, or skull sessions, rather a couple of months ago, there was no talk of that. So I, I'm assuming that COVID or whatever ended that. So I don't know. I, I don't, but as far as I know, they're done. They're, All right. And then another band that was in that whole genre that kind of made, you know, a little bit of a splash is obviously mm-hmm. Mushroom Head. Yeah. What are they doing? Are they still an entity or are they playing or what are they doing? Well, there's one original guy left. <laughs> and then there's like 14 other guys in the band. All right. I'm not a fan. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I was I was a fan, but I always I never got along with those guys ever. And they hated me, and I hated them with equal venom. And and what was the reason for that? Um, several reasons, really. All right. So it started with, um, I wrote a review for a band 
in Cleveland called Crip Kicker. Yeah, I remember and those I, guys. And I said, I said that I, I thought they were the best metal band in Cleveland at the time. Okay. So I was at a Mushroom Head show, and one of the guys from Mushroom Head came over to me and started getting all shitty with me about it. And I was like, fuck you, dude. You know, <laughs> you know fuck you. Just that simple. I'm going to write what I think. I don't give a fuck what you think. Right. Um, and so then they, they had a problem with, with me and they fucking bad mouthed me and whatever. And f- fair enough. Well, then I ended up on the radio, you know, I ended up on MMS and we wouldn't play mushroom head. Matt stood by me with, I, I had a problem with those guys. So Matt wouldn't, Matt and I both decided not to fucking play mushroom head. All right. So, so then fast forward a little bit, they put out, um, they put out an album with um, a, a friend of mine, personal friend of mine, um, Chris Poland, not the guy from Megadeth, but the other Chris Poland that owns Eclipse Records. Okay. <clears throat> and, and at the time I was sharing an office with uh, Mitch Karshevsky, who's a local promoter here yeah, in Cleveland. Right, right. And they, Mushroomhead, was working sort of with Mitch as their promoter as well. Well, even though, even though Poland put up, took out a second mortgage on his house to pay for the production of their CD, um, they went ahead and, and just fucked him over and signed a deal with Universal to re-put out the same album that Poland had just put out, just remix it and add like a bonus track or something to it. And basically told Poland, well, if you don't like it, sue us, but you can fucking, you know, you, you can, you can deal with universal's fucking lawyers. You know, they, they basically told him to go fuck himself. All right. So <clears throat> since I just happened to be in the same office, somehow, some way, the contract that they violated got um, into my hands you know, and I published it in music's bottom line, every single page of it. And to which then I got a phone call immediately from their lawyer telling me that I was going to be sued if I didn't gather up and and destroy all 10,000 copies of music's bottom line for, you know, posting that contract that I didn't legally have the right to. To which I told their lawyer, if you were going to sue me, you would, but go ahead. Cause I really don't own anything. So <laughs> have at it, pal. You know, you can sue me for my debt. That's all there is to get. So needless to say, we had a lot of bad blood. <laughs> and, um, and what was funny was when universal first re-released the, the double X album, which was the, the album that Poland had done. It got picked up, you know, because it was acted as a new band for Universal. So, and and this is a little radio inside talk, but some of you all know what I'm talking about. When when bands get shopped, they they get what are known as a radio ad, where they where a station will add the song to a to their to their playlist and say, well, we're going to play it eight times a fucking day or whatever it would be, or eight times a week or whatever. Well, in Cleveland, the only station that would not play it was us (laughs) because 92, it was 90, I think it was 92 or MMS. I forget where we were at the time. I think 92. We just wouldn't play it. We, 
we were asked to play it. Kim Monroe, the produ- the promotion or the the um, produ- what would her title have been? The the PD program director. Mm-hmm. She asked us to play it. I said no. I said we will not play it. I have a problem with this fucking band. I'm not going to play their fucking music. Absolutely won't do it. And we had creative control over the show that was in our contract. So I was like, I'm not playing that fucking music. Fuck them. So we were the only station in the country that had a metal specialty show that wouldn't play them. And it was the fucking, <laughs> the lo- the hometown station, <laughs> which really drove those guys crazy. They had all their fans calling. You guys are dicks not playing mushroom head. You're not supporting Cleveland. Fuck you. Like, yep. Fuck me is right. Fuck you. Haven't forgotten what cunt you were to my friend. <laughs> and so I held my ground and I've not, I, I for a while, uh, I, I had sort of, I mean, I, I, I don't have the war that I, I mean, for when I was active in the scene, it was definitely war. You know, it was definitely, they were my number one enemy. Now I don't have much of Yeah. I don't care. You know, I mean, we had, what's his name? Um, Steve Felton on the show when we did the thing at, for um for the art show yeah yeah back in october yeah and he was he was a member of mushroom head during that time and you know we got along fine we were okay and you know i don't have a problem the the one girl that's in mushroom head now her name's jackie and i've known jackie for years and you know now she's married to the the only original member and you know whatever that's cool i guess but yeah i you know it's they just put out an album Friday, so they have new music. If anybody gives a fuck, all right. So it's mushroom, it's, it's mushroom head and name only, pretty much. Yeah, I get it. It's one mushroom head, a true <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> all right. Well, if if those of you who are interested in Cleveland rock uh, history, there you go, Chris Aiken. There you go. The, it was always involved. The orator of uh, Cleveland metal. Yeah, no, that's Bill Peters, not me. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I'm not going to take Bill Bill's reign. Dude, you want to talk about a fucking psycho? Bill is a psycho. Is he? So, you know how fucking hot it was today, right? Yeah. So he was doing he was doing a charity walk today. He, he's big into hiking. I don't know if you knew that or not. I did not know that. <laughs> Over the past, like, two three years, something like that. Bill has gotten huge into hiking. Okay. Surprised me because it just doesn't seem like the thing Bill would do. You know, I, I think of Bill as like metal guy, you know, but he's, he's developed this passion for, for hiking and he goes hiking on crazy hard trails and stuff. So today he was out doing a a charity hike for Alzheimer's something, something. Okay. He was supposed to do 10 miles, which that all by itself sounds ridiculous to yeah, me. Yeah, I, I do. I do between three and four and a half. Yeah, he did. T- I mean, it's walking, but it's still up mountains. Yeah, it's, it's it's twice the distance that I do pretty much on a daily basis. He did 18 and a half miles. Really? Holy shit. I was like, fuck. I saw the post. He posted the later in the afternoon saying that he just finished 18 fucking miles or whatever. That's a long walk. And I was like, God damn it. I don't even like to drive 18 (laughs) miles. Like, fuck. I I honestly, I don't think I I would ride a bike. Yeah. That's like walking from your house to downtown Cleveland or something. Yeah. 
fuck that. But good on him, you know. You know, he was supposed to do ten. He he did almost double, so he probably made double his what what he was expecting to make for for a good cause. So good on him, man. But yeah, eighteen miles. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> All right. Well, Bill Bill a staple in Cleveland for uh, metal on metal. Yes, sir. Aired every uh, Friday night on WJCU. Does. Still does. Bill never stops. Nope. He's a he's even the a, even the pandemic couldn't stop Bill Peters. Yeah, he's a machine when it comes to his metal and his music and his passion yeah. for uh, his music. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Very cool. All right. Well, I say we get out of here since we were right. talking about Cleveland metal. I thought we okay. would, uh, you know, play some Crip Kicker, take All us right. out of here, and I thought we'd play uh, probably their. Their boss hitbound single, their World of Ghosts. That's the one. <laughs> their big hit. Yeah, their hit. Their big hit. Yeah. But uh, we appreciate everybody who's tuned in and uh, was part of the CMS, the Classic Metal Show, part of the chat room. For those of you who uh, were able to get into that limited space. Yeah, pal. That 50, 50 uh, seat limited space. And it was maxed out for part of the night. I know. Again. I saw that. It was really maxed out. So uh, we appreciate everybody who's tuned in. We will not, we will not post this on YouTube this week. It'll be next week. So mm-hmm. check out our other media sites for the most current versions of the CMS. Yep. Because YouTube does not get our love anymore. No, they don't. Yeah. Fuck them guys. Fuck you, tube. Exactly. All right, we're going to get out of here. We're going to leave you with some Cleveland metal, some Crypt Kicker. And we're going to leave you with some World of Ghosts. So until next Saturday night, this is Neely along with my very good friend. Chris Hagen. We're gone. Bye, kids. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and four plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com. Each of us has a purpose. We are destined to do something meaningful not only to support our loved ones, but to positively impact our communities throughout the country. What do you think a private Christian education looks like? Grand Canyon University graduates 25,000 students yearly and offers more than 225 high-quality programs across nine colleges. Find your purpose at GCU. Visit gcu.edu.